Welcome to session number six in our series, Lost and Found. You know, in this series, we have really been seeing that there are some things in life we need to be willing to let go of and lose in order to find the life that God created us to live. That's exactly what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 16, 25, when he said, when you lose your life for my sake, that's when you find it. But we've also seen that this isn't always the easiest thing to do because there's this battle going on within all of us, a battle between our fleshly human nature that likes to hold on to things and then the spirit of God within us who wants to set us free and help us find a harvest of God's fullness working in our lives. And so we've looked at some different things that our flesh likes to hold on to, one of which was fear, and we talked about fear in a couple of sessions. But in our last session, we started talking about pain because our fleshly nature, as crazy as it sounds, likes to hold on to pain. But the Spirit of God wants to help us become free of that pain and, and walk into a place with God where we find healing and wholeness. And so we are going to continue unpacking that topic today. So I am so excited to have Becky Herrick with me today. Thank you so much for joining me as we continue this conversation on pain and, and hearing from you and your story. Just really appreciate you being here. Absolutely. And you know, you have really walked through a lot in life, a lot of major things, a lot of very unexpected things, and a lot of very painful things. And I just appreciate you being willing to share your story with us today. And I know there would be a lot of people watching that don't know your story. So would you just take a moment and, and just tell us a little bit of the things that you have walked through over the last many years. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, I'd be honored. So our, our story starts um, early marriage. We had one child, you know, early careers. Think that nothing's ever going to go wrong. I'm sure, you know, that probably resonates with folks since loss seems to be universal um, in this life. And um, my husband was 27. I was 25 and our son was six months old at the time. And he was diagnosed with a very rare type of cancer. It was lymphoblastic lymphoma, um, went in, was given a horrible prognosis. So very quickly within months, I was facing being a widow and having a baby. Um, he was in treatment for about seven um, months or so. At one point they said, you have less than 5% chance to live. And the doctor turned to me and said, plan his funeral, oh take gosh. videos for your son. I mean, just, you're walking these things thinking like, there's no, where's the, where's the playbook for this? Like, you don't even know yeah. what to do, right? Yeah. Um, there were, at the time, his cancer was so rare, he was being seen at the City of Hope uh, Hospital in Duarte. And they had not seen a case of this type of cancer in 11 years. So they do quite a bit of research at that hospital. So they were, you know, having him, asking him many more questions over his treatment regarding it, just trying to figure out where did this come from. And in the time that he was there during those months of treatment, there were five other men that had come in with the same type of cancer. So then they became really, you know, really scratching their heads. 
Um, and so Mike, my husband, felt so kind of connected, even though he'd never met them, to these other men, just thinking, gosh, we're all battling this. They were ages 18 to um, in their 60s was the, were these five men. So he would ask at his appointments, like, how are the other guys doing, you know, because there was just a lot of buzz around the hospital about this. And over those seven months, every single one of those men died, except for Mike. Oh so we knew then that, you know, his life was a miracle, absolutely. And yet when they sent us home from the hospital, they basically said, well, good luck. You know, there's nothing else we can do for you. Um, he's had so much chemo, he had a bone marrow transplant. There's, you know, if, if it were to come back, there's nothing we can do. So then you go home and you just try to live a normal life, like as if that's easy. Um, just kind of while you're waiting for the other shoe to drop, which I'm sure a lot of you know what that's like. I mean, that's you know sometimes the where we find ourselves. Um, did life for a few years, and um, we had decided, you know, then our son was like this bright spot in our lives. You know, the the joy around the hospital took his first steps at the hospital, said his first words at the hospital. His name was Ethan. Um, definitely, like, was part of our like choosing joy in the midst of this horrible situation. Um, a couple years out, as his checkups still were coming back um, clean, we started thinking about maybe having another child. And I knew that Mike wasn't out of the woods, but I thought, I still want a sibling for Ethan, even if Mike dies. I mean, these are like random decisions you never have to make, right? But I knew that that was something that I wanted to do. Um, and we had done some sperm banking ahead of time because you end up sterile after that. That's a whole nother, we'll come on for another show on that one. But um, so had to go through the in, in vitro process. Um, and then that led us down our second kind of really hard road of infertility. We thought, you know, Ethan, we conceived so quickly. This, we just need a little help, you know, getting it, getting the parts together. <laughs> um, but why wouldn't, you know, and this is a good thing. Like, you know, after all we've been through, we've tried to be faithful. We were, um, we were already believers. We were witnessing to people that, you know, we'd done all the, we thought we'd checked the box, did the right thing. Why wouldn't we be able to just conceive? And um, month after month, just negative pregnancy tests, you know, where you're buying them and doing them every hour. And I know that resonates with some of you as well. And you're just thinking, why? Like the, the, the tragedy before that we were going through just seemed like we just needed a miracle. And this seemed like partially in our control. Also, how much money do we spend? So expensive. Like, was this not God's will? Was he shutting a door? All of these questions. I remember one time just being on my knees in the bathroom and just like crying out to God, like, what, like I just don't understand. And I felt like it was so different than what we had been through before because it was this, we had parts in the continuing to step forward. Whereas the thing with Mike was just like, we were waiting for a miracle or not. There wasn't anything, I, I couldn't fix him. And so this was just, it just tore me up. I was an achiever. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, what's the problem? And so I finally had said to Mike, after a year of trying, he's still getting good checkups. I said, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I mean, I feel like I'm failing every month. I don't understand. And he said, let's just try one more time. And so we tried one more time and we got pregnant with triplets 
So um, awesome. there you go. Yeah. And maybe that's yeah, also that's a trial. Awesome. And again, since now they're 18 <laughs> years old, well, that's a different that's a different topic. Um, but yeah, so then all of a sudden, you know, it, it changed. We felt like this answer to prayer. I still don't understand why, you know, sure. it's kind of surrendering that. Yeah. Um, so then a triplet pregnancy, that's back in the day that they were just putting in a bunch of embryos. They don't do that anymore. That's not, I don't think that's protocol. Um, but they'd put in three and all three, you know, all three took, they did say a couple will slough off. Like you're just, you know, using an exfoliant. Yeah. Nobody sloughed off. We, we got all three. Um, so some bed rest, you know, some of the pregnancy is not easy carrying around three of them, but, um, they, you know, I had them, they were healthy, had to stay in the hospital a little bit, but um, came home after about a month. And I remember they had come home and just feeling so at peace that like my world was okay. It was all going to be all right. And the next day we went and uh, went to my um, sister-in-law and brother-in-law's house just to hang out. And Ethan was running around outside and showing me his footprints in puddles on their patio and he slipped and fell and hit his head. And that then led to what we didn't know was a um, epidural brain bleed. So a, a small brain bleed, which then led him to get, you know, becoming in a coma and rushing him to the hospital and them doing everything they could to try to save him. And, you know, hearing 24 hours later that he was brain dead. And so, I remember standing in the at Inland Valley in the emergency room um, and crying out. I, th- I might have even said this out loud. I don't even know, but just like, not, Lord, like, no, like, not Ethan. Part of me had almost prepared for Mike to die. I mean, they had said, like, get ready. And then I'm like, but he was the one the siblings were for. Like, he was the one that got us through. I was so attached to him. I just was crying out like, and the room is spinning, like you see in the movies, like it's actually, you know, the ER is going around me. And yeah, our whole world changed just overnight. Which, yeah, of course. Yeah. Can't even imagine. And, and one thing compounding on top of the next and yes. the next. I can't even imagine the, the pain, the, the heart-wrenching, the heartache. Wow. Yeah. How in the world, how (laughs) in the world did you even start and, and, and that process with God to, to let him come in and, and work in you in that time? Tell us about your process. You know, I think first of all, that entire first year after he passed is really a blur. You know, people say, oh, was it hard having triplets? And if they don't know the story, I'm like, I don't even really know. I mean, I, I think they ended up okay. I, that first year, we're all, all alive. But walking with God through that, I think I had walked with him through these other things. And he was just like right there. I mean, I was crying out to him in the midst of what is happening. Um, I think those early days, I felt him carrying me. I could feel him like breathing for me. I don't, I, I don't know if there's a lot of process of other than like my ship had sank and there was this sliver of wood and that was God and I was just clinging to it for survival. And that's like all I knew how to do. I knew if I didn't do that, I would, I would sink. Yeah. 
Yeah. I like you said a couple of times throughout sharing the details of your story that you cried out yeah. to him. And I think that's so key. Like you knew he was there yeah. and you you just cried out to him. And I think for any of us, wherever we're at, if we just cry out to God, right. that He hears, right. and He He's there, mm -hmm. and um, but that process doesn't end there; mm -hmm. it just continues. Right. So, how did that process continue for you? Yeah, I think that it is definitely a process. So, those early days, I could definitely feel His presence all the time. Um, and then as the process, and you know, I started doing my grief work, facing, you know, the, you know, trying to um, accept my new normal, accept that the life that I had was gone. Um, I think that that then launched me into therapy and also, um, and Christian therapy is amazing, but walking me through some of the healing of guilt. I had so much mom guilt. I thought I should have saved him. All the woulda, coulda, shouldas that just take you down this horrible road. And then that led me to really needing to have some angry conversations with God about the fact that I wasn't real happy <laughs> with this situation and I wanted to go back. And just knowing he was always there in it, and he wants to hear, he's sad too, right? He's not happy this stuff is happening. I knew he was weeping with me. I knew he was catching every, every tear that fell, millions of tears over Ethan. And that was one of the verses that, that I just clung to during the time was um, Psalm 56, eight, which says, you have taken account of my wanderings, put my tears in your bottle, and they are in your book. Like I just felt like someday when I get to heaven, he's gonna shower me with this like warm shower of my tears. Like not one tear fell that he didn't know about. And yet I was still mad and we had to have that talk too. Yeah. So just like a normal relationship, I guess, yeah. like just with you yeah. know, another person. And I think those are such important parts of anyone's process is being able to have the hard conversations yeah. with God. He knows. Right. He knows how we're feeling. He knows we're angry, but he wants us to bring it to him. Yeah. And that opens the door mm -hmm. for him to just be able to speak into our lives. And he spoke to you through his word yeah. and he brought strength and comfort mm -hmm. to you through that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that, I know that was not a quick process. That was no. an on decades. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing to for us to recognize that the process is ongoing, we've said, but it can be a long process too. Mm -hmm. And wherever you're at in your process, mm -hmm. it's never it's never too late to come to God mm -hmm. and to just open your heart and just mm -hmm. start talking to him, crying mm -hmm. out to him, having the hard conversations with him. Maybe you haven't been doing that, but you can come mm -hmm. and do that. No matter how long it's been, no matter where you're at, he is ready and waiting with his arms open wide to hear from mm -hmm. you and to comfort you and to give mm -hmm. you strength. Mm -hmm. He wants you to come to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as you did that over and over and over again, over the course of years, I know that you have seen him just work yeah. in your life. How, how can you encourage people with what right. he's done in your life as you've clung to yes. him in that process? Yeah. I think, you know, with God, 
wants us to be um, relying on him for these tragedies. It's not like, oh, well, you're going through something. Good luck to you. As we cry out to him, he's the one that gives us the courage. Exactly. There's so many women that have come to me and said, well, I could never survive that. I'm like, you think I would have said that I could have survived that pre? I mean, I didn't think I could survive that. I think with God, we are so much stronger than we think we are. I know some of you all have had crazy trials and tragedies happen to you. And you're looking back like, yeah, you're nodding probably right now saying, I, I have seen and felt God's courage. So I think that that is a miracle in of itself, like that some of us are still standing through some of what we've been through. And I think that the fruit is just that, sharing our stories. I know some women I've met and I've shared my story a lot and I've heard, you know, people's lives changed and all of that is is the fruit of what we see in the Bible it says God will work things together for good and I hated that verse at the beginning people would tell me that and I'm like oh really like how's this gonna come for good like it just sounded trite to me but now that I can see the fruit of like of what God can do the good things that it's in of itself is just the like that's the gift we get to know that our tears mattered and I think for me even though I can see the good that came of it, it doesn't ever take away the fact that honest, I mean, just, I'm gonna be honest, yeah. I would give all this up to have him back. But I still don't wanna miss that I get to see this right. because I'll see him again one day. Like heaven's just that much closer. I'm not afraid to die. Like, don't cry for me at my funeral. I am perfectly happy. Um, but I think that's the fruit and anyone can do that, right? If we call on God to give us courage, we have, he will give us more than you think you have. Right. And in that then, you get to be a front row seat to like how your story might change someone's life. And you don't wanna miss that. Absolutely, yeah. He will always give us what we're needing, whether it's mm -hmm. strength, whether it's courage, whether it's hope, whether it's peace, mm -hmm. comfort, whatever it is. Yeah. He is so faithful. Yeah. And no matter what you are going through, no matter what your story is, your story is so important and God sees you and he cares and he is right there with you. And he loves you completely and he will help you every step of the way. Becky, would you pray for the women watching today? Yeah, I'd love to. All right. Oh Lord, thank you so much for this time and thank you for our stories. And I can even say thank you for some of these hard things that we go to that draw us closer to you where we know that it is only through the courage and the strength that you're giving us that we are even breathing or right. surviving, right. Lord, and that we get to see the fruit of it. And all of the pain that we have suffered, Lord, you see that. And those tears that we cry, we know you're crying with us, Lord and help every woman out there if they've gone down a path of, of maybe being bitter or hanging on and not you know, just turning to you and crying out for courage or strength. Lord, beckon them back to you, bring them back and hold them and catch their tears and comfort them, Lord. We know you're the great comforter, Father. Thank you so much for these women. And I just ask for all of your blessings on all of the women in the church and everyone watching, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. So, just so appreciate your transparency and your willingness to open your heart and share with us and, and just encourage us with what 
what God can do when we just let him walk one step at a time, one day at a time yeah. with us. So thank you so much. Absolutely. We've got some discussion questions coming for you and just encourage you to open your hearts and share with each other in your groups. And we'll see you in our next session.